Greetings, D&D players, enthusiasts, and observers alike, and welcome back to Chronicles of Korea. My name is Emma, and I will be your DM today and every day that this wonderful campaign exists. But today, we aren't necessarily playing a game. We just wrapped up our first arc of the campaign. So we figured we would sit down with you guys and kind of talk about it. Let you guys get to know us and what we're thinking about when we end all of our sessions in the process. So rather than going around and introducing our players and our characters, let's go around for the first time and introduce just our players. So we will start with, to my right, Andrew. Alrighty, yep, I am Andrew. I've been playing D&D at least for quite some time, at least, gosh, it was like six years now, five-ish years. Uh, mostly DMing games, running games. Um, love love me some Curse of Strahd. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's yes. it's game-related things. Um, yeah. <laughs> Curse of Strahd was a fan favorite of all the campaigns that Andrew has DM'd. And yes, one... The one that I played in that he DM'd. <laughs> it is definitely my... Many of my crowning moments as a dungeon master has been in that game. And I am <laughs> grasping at straws trying to recreate an, even a, a similar thing in a homebrew. But. I'm sure you'll get there eventually. But uh, we now move on to Nathan. I also am blanking on things to say. Uh, hi, I'm Nathan. I'm uh, 27 years old. Uh, uh, blue eyes. <laughs> I don't know. Tell us about your D&D experience, oh, Nathan. Oh, okay. <laughs> What's okay. your ancestry? <laughs> yeah, I, I've been playing D&D uh, probably about the same time as, as Andrew there, about five, six years. Uh, I'd wanted to play for a long time and never knew anybody. And then I just was like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to learn to play this game and looked it up. And I was like, hey, somebody has to run the game. And I was like, well, I guess I got to do that. So I learned how and took off from there and been DMing ever since forever DM life. Uh, this is my first, like, I guess, long-term time as a player. Definitely the most time I've put in as a player is in this. So uh, it's weird, but it's cool. Sometimes, sometimes I can't tell if I like it more. I, I don't know that I do, <laughs> but I, I enjoy it. I enjoy Rubo. So it works out. Well, we definitely enjoy Rubo as well, and we're glad that you're here. It's tough because, like, when you're when you're a DM so much, it's like I I, I have to turn my brain off sometimes when we're playing because I'm like, uh, don't I need to be doing something right now? I'm playing D and D. My brain should be on overdrive, uh, but mm -hmm. then I'm like, no, I need to just like let the rest of my party do things and the DM do things and chill. And then I'm like, all right. I'm just hanging out for a second. <laughs> it, it's definitely weird to have downtime in the campaign when you're so used to being the DM and constantly yeah. doing things. Yeah, it's used, you're, you're, when you're the DM, you're involved in like everything that's happening the whole time. Mm -hmm. There's like no real downtime. It's weird. Definitely. But thank you, Nathan. And we now move on to Gia. Hi, I'm Gia, um, which, uh, perfectly transparent, is a, a pseudonym I'm used. I'm a very private person, which is why you probably won't see me putting my face out on social media. 
at least not anytime soon, but that's okay. Everyone's okay with that. And I'm okay with that. Um, but yes, I am Gia. I have been playing um, D&D for not quite as long as some of my other friends here. Um, only a few years. I'm pretty new to it, but I've been watching all kinds of streams and games for a really long time. I've always wanted to be involved. And my first game I got involved with, with was actually uh, Nathan's. Uh, and I'm still playing with him as my DM and it is fantastic and fun. And I'm, and I played alongside with um, our current DM, Emma. Um, and I had quite a fun time with her as well. So I'm just having a great time with friends. <laughs> but yeah, I write a lot in my spare time. I'm trying to write books under the same name. So maybe those will be out at one day. Um, I'm very amateur drawing as well. I just have a lot of fun doing a lot of things. And That was a lie. That was a lie. What? <laughs> she says amateur and then throws out beautiful drawings it's, of the, the look, party. It's it's it is amateur work. Not, amateur does not mean bad, but I am a beginner. <laughs> um, but no, that is just a summary of what I'm about. Um, of what I'm doing here. Hell yeah, Gia, as she said, like doesn't ever really post herself on her social media, but I'm sure if anybody wanted to see cool Chatwin art, if you're a Chatwin simp out there, uh, <laughs> you could follow her social media because it's very cool. I don't know your social media off the top of my head, though. Uh, honestly, yeah. neither do I. <laughs> uh, I can Plug pull yourself, it. damn it. <laughs> it's Hold either... I, think I can pull it up. It's either JG Get, which is J-G-G-H-E-T, JG Get, um, which is a, a, a joke I used to make with um, my sibling about um living in the ghetto um jg in the ghetto um <laughs> uh, i think I, I found it it's jg get bb yeah jg get bb so if you want to <laughs> if you want to see uh chatwin sims want to see chatwin uh gia posts very cool chatwin art as of recording this i'm almost done drawing the whole party as well um, Ooh. So look out for that, I guess. I was going to say, we know that Rubo and Thelthu are also there. Yeah. But Elon yeah. and Damien have not been completed yet. Oh, Speaking yeah. She's Damien. not going to draw Damien because he's too simple for her tastes. <laughs> I don't know, man. Or is he? Speaking of Damien, let's talk to his player, Jeremy. Hi, everyone. I'm Jeremy. Uh, I am in the Navy currently, getting out in about a week and a half about or two weeks and um i'm getting out on medical separation after a serious injury but uh, i've been playing D for over 20 years now oh it makes me feel old <laughs> um and and uh he plays damien i'm damien i'm a, a blacksmith a very simple man um damien was a character that was somewhat inspired from the fact that i am a dad of two kids right uh, married to Rosie, who plays Elon. And it had a very has a very nice feel to it for me. And then, you know, our DM maliciously did some things to to poor Damien. Payback bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this is payback for um me making her one of her previous characters in a campaign eat her own mother because I'm sadistic. Yeah, that was that was a mind fuck there, especially since my character, he was a centaur paladin named Danix, who spent pretty much the entire campaign 
trying to protect his mother and keep her safe, even if he couldn't be directly beside her the entire time. And so to have her story end like that hurt. It didn't end like that. You know that. <laughs> but yes, most more than more or less. Um, but I did it for a reason. And that was because your mother was the shackles that held your character back. You needed to break those shackles in order to actually, you know, accomplish what you needed to. That is fair. I think there, are, I think there are other shackle breaking ways besides eating your own parental <laughs> figure. That you I, I mean, just, just. I, I maybe, tried. Maybe I, some other ways. I tried to get rid of her four times, and she, every time, <laughs> every time the party to, got in the way. <laughs> she was supposed to die in the first session of the campaign. Not gonna lie, but um, our. Our, ca- our cleric had a very lucky D100 roll and rolled one above the DC. Yeah, the DC was, I think, 90. She rolled a 91 to pull to talk to the divines to try and bring her back. And I was like, you. Because mm. I don't ever I'm I don't ever do a campaign where ever, where anything is impossible. But if you want to do something crazy, you got to do something crazy. Talking to the gods is crazy because if you roll really low, you get divine punishment. So wild. Anyway, now we're getting off topic and we're only in the character, the player introductions. So Rosie, get us back on track, please. Hi, guys. My name is Rosie. That is also a fake name. Um, I don't care. My real name is actually Sarah. And the only one who calls me Sarah that I like calling me Sarah is my husband, Jeremy. Since we were doing a whole year thing, y'all made me actually have to sit down and think. I've been playing since freshman year in high school. And that's how long has me and Jeremy been married? Um, like 12 years. <laughs> so it's it's um probably around 15, 16 years. <laughs> Jeremy's been playing since he was three. <laughs> uh so that's a thing. Um but I, I also do a little bit of drawing. Um, I'm going to say amateur art because fucking Gia puts out artwork in like one day that I wish I could accomplish in one month. And I can't even do that. But um, I, I'm not on social media because I like to just draw for friends. And I, I was trying to open a shop at one point. I have ADHD, so I cancel a lot of my projects. That's just how I am. Um, but obviously I'm a mom of two and I jump from everything. I have been a failure to DM D&D. So I decided to try Monster Hearts and that seems to be a success because I get to fuck with my players in a way that I want. But I've also played uh, World of Darkness in Nominee. Um, and like one other different RPG, I like trying different things because it switches it up and you have fun with it, but that's pretty much me. I've been married to a sailor for all this fucking time. So, you know, for better or for worse. (laughs) Oh, and I also said, I told everybody I was going to do this because we never get to do the thing with the power of editing. Fireball! Magic missile! Okay, that's all I wanted. Oh boy! <laughs> we never get to use those sound effects. It feels so. I want to do it. <laughs> That's well, there's fair. Lots of fire with Chatwin. Sorry, I'll there, use there fireball is... more often. I'll take that as a sign to use fireball on everything all the time. <laughs> Watch out, Emma. You, you have to have the one fireball crazy spellcaster. So, yeah. <laughs> and since I kind of skipped myself in the intro, I guess I'll wrap us up 
but hi. Since I haven't officially really introduced myself other than as the DM of this campaign, my name is Emma. I am 23 years old, and I've been playing D&D for about seven years now. Soon be eight. I... I started playing when I lost a lot of friends in high school and then a couple friends were like, hey, come to this after school club. Um, We'll play D&D together. And I ended up seated at a table with 20 kids all trying to kill orcs at the same time. And though it was a nightmare, it was the beginning of my addiction to D&D. And so that coupled with my journey into theater and acting has led to this. So welcome to our crazy journey, and uh, we're gonna get into some group discussion. I, I just and- wanna, I just wanna cut in and say that I, every time anybody introduces themselves like this, I, I just imagine it as like a very bad like dating reality show. Like, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Hi, I'm Nathan, 27 years old from <laughs> such and such. I'm a data analyst, and I like, you know, I don't know. How to say uh, and if you're looking for 12 inches, we'll have to go 12 rounds. Oh my god! I I actually have a question. Do we? Could we all go around and say our ages? Because I'm now realizing that me and Jeremy are the oldies, and you're all the youngies. Fuck you! I'm not that old. I'm only 31. You're about to turn 32. Fuck you. I'm 27, about to turn 28. And I'm 23. I am also 23. I'll turn 31 in July. Hey, Gia's over there. <laughs> Come on, baby Gia. <laughs> I'm 21. <laughs> oh, that's good. At least you can drink. <laughs> yeah! Yes. <laughs> Cheers, motherfuckers. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> Fun fact about me, before I get us back onto the D&D track, um, I stage managed a show at one point at 19, and I was the youngest... Not only was I the entire, the only woman in the entire cast and crew, Ooh. I was also the youngest and the only one unable to drink at 19. Oof. And the director, every night after rehearsal for the first week, was like, would look at me afterwards and be like, hey, do you want to go out and get a drink? And then a couple seconds later, be like, oh, right, you can't drink. <laughs> You know those guys that are always just like, how old are you, girl? You're like the girl who would have been like, I'm 18. And everybody's like, okay. Mm, this is, get a little bit. Mm, mm. <laughs> or you would have said 17, just like, nope. Hey, later, girl. Bye. I was born in the year 2000, guys. Wow. Shut up. Just <laughs> shut up. See, I, I know I'm I know I'm not old because you know all of the older folks over here at the uh, in the base in Virginia where I was at were just like I've been in the Navy since 1974, 1988. I'm just like, dope. You've been in the Navy longer than I've been alive. Not that old. <laughs> Hell yeah. Not old yet. That is completely fair. Thirties is not old. You know what? At least we can say we've seen the past, Gia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not entirely sure about the phrasing of that, but okay. Don't ask any questions. Move along. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, we we um, have to ask questions in Q and A. That's fair. Oh, okay. Move along and ask other questions. Yeah. <laughs> How does everybody feel now that we're done with the first art? Uh, terrified for some reason. Damien is going to go drink himself into oblivion because you're a sadistic woman. I'm sad as hell. You're welcome. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm worried for what's next, you know. I'm so worried. Horny question mark? Wait, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, oh. Damien I'm... is looking forward to bitch slapping someone to death. I, I, I'm honestly, like, how do you say it? Like, I'm honestly hoping that the characters have enough motivation to continue to travel with each other. That's really what I'm worried about, I guess, with the season. Other than that, like, I, like, Elon knows where he wants to go. And he's going to try to drag the party for obvious. He's already dragged the party in on this. But I'm hoping that you guys have enough motivation to go or to continue doing that, working for, I guess, a goddess or whatever. I've had that thought. Yeah, I was thinking of that, too. It was like, huh, based on what I was told and like where I think I think I think I think things are. I don't I don't know how the party will stay together. (laughs) I'm sure there is a reason. Elon's going to give you guys somewhat of a reason. But like. Here, here's the point. Like, I know about what is it, Escargot Island. Me as a player does, but I don't think fucking Aeon does. So I can't be like, let's go to Escargot <laughs> the island, you know. But so that's that's the disconnect. But I mean, it. I feel like it's gonna be like a lot of role play just to get there. Unfortunately, Nathan knows that Chatwin needs to buy a fancy hat and. He's yeah. just waiting for that day. I mean, <laughs> it's going to happen. Um, I mean, in terms of like motivation for staying with the party and stuff, it's not like Chatwin doesn't have motivation to go and do things. She has, I mean, she has the, her little list that she would like to accomplish, but she's not, it's not like, oh, I have motivation to complete this major goal. Her motivation is not doing certain things. Her motivation is denial. So honestly, there's no way to, at this current moment, even though it seems like things are going very badly for Chatwin recently, um, honestly, in hindsight, in, in comparison, it's not that bad. Um, <laughs> um, she doesn't, there couldn't, so far, nothing could sway her away from continuing down the path with the party because it's helping her accomplish her goal of avoidance yeah i, I mean rubo's not mm-hmm. going anywhere one rubo's gonna follow elon's fine ass like to the ends of the earth uh, <laughs> god damn it. and then he i mean damien is is rubo's father in rubo's eyes so i mean he's yeah. got to get his dad to come with him and then chatwin's his best buddy so yeah. like that's happening my my thoughts is like the author although i feel like Rubo hasn't had, except for in this last session, any like direct contact. I feel like looking at it, I'm like, what is the Althu gonna want to do? That's really where like I'm fine. Like I can like cause a causation a reason for like Rubo to follow everyone, and like Rubo doesn't want the Althu to go anywhere. But I feel like the Althu had his one thing to do, and I guess we'll find out. But he's like, what does the Althu want to do now? Is he gonna be like, bye guys, or? Is he like, I guess I'll hang out with you, fools? Well, I mean, think about it. He had that issue with the god, like, with Damien's wife. So going to the gods could be a thing. Yeah, I mean, I think it came up last time when I was like, oh, you know, how do I reconnect? Like, that's his goal. And it. I hope it aligns where the party's going. Because right now, top of his list is go to a temple and and figure this stuff out. Which is, yeah, I guess everyone 
doesn't have a set goal besides Elon and whatever mission, but also like Chatwin and Thelfu have this little, you know, nice connection now that I yeah. hope will build in the mm-hmm. future. I really, I really like that. Can I just say I really liked the moments of when they were sitting in camp and just that quiet moment of like because in session one because they was a very outwardly strange looking individual in session one if i'm remembering correctly correct me if i'm wrong i made some sort of check to discern Thalthu's sort of like nature and you said something along the lines of you've seen people come back differently and you've seen it affect them different ways Mm-hmm. and I so i think from the very beginning chatwin had an inkling of thalthu and her like thalthu and i are similar in some way and so i really liked that last moment in when they were sitting in the camp after they first met elon of chatwin just directly asking are you like me and it's never been they kind of got more direct with it recently but they've never directly stated oh going like oh hey i'm i'm undead how would you die this is how i died like we haven't like directly discussed it but there's a sort of unspoken understanding between thalthu and chatwin right now that i'm really into and i'm really interested to see where it leads and like everyone else knows but we don't know that they know because of rubo rubo detected that they were undead somehow so everyone knows that there's something kind of up with them but only fail through and chat when really know what it is and it's just a cool relationship of just nobody saying anything but everyone kind of knowing something that i'm really liking and i really can't wait to see what happens with it it's it's something it's exactly what i was hoping for when i heard that you were playing reborn as well (laughs) No, yeah, it's definitely been interesting seeing kind of because nobody in this group built their characters thinking about everyone else. The only thing I think we all really discussed was like we passed around like what class everyone was like race and class. And then stories weren't really built around anybody else. It was just like everyone's crazy ideas came together in the session uh in the first session and it's been interesting to see how you guys have all meshed together although rosie elon did come in a bit a bit late my bad Uh, so eh, it's fine but like how has it been kind of coming into a pre-established party in the time i have known you Almost every game I've joined has already been pre-established and it works out. It's my thing at this point. Also having characters when they name AE in the beginning. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But honestly, like, you gave me such a good, interesting little, like, pre-episode that I suddenly had this bigger outlook for Elon because Elon is he's he's very boring as a real like a person. He's just a guard, in my opinion, who's just got some mommy daddy issues. <laughs> um, family issues is a better way to put it. But like it gave him reason to come into this group and actually try and do something. And the way everything happened made for a 
it, it was just normal D&D story to now something's cooking up and it actually it, it's a lot more interesting. So it was fun for me. I'm used to it. But I mean, you know, I'm I'm hoping you guys are okay that I came in that late. <laughs> Whispers a question from me, Nathan, to to I guess Rosie slash Alon of do without spoiling too much, I guess. I'm not trying to get too many spoilers going too quick here, but is there more to is there actually more to Alon or is is this I'm just a guard thing, like a persona that's put up? So the guard thing is he he wasn't allowed to do anything in his family life. And I mean he doesn't have magic, so he couldn't have been useful that way. So if I could put it in a way, I guess, it's that the guard thing was his escape to actually do something with his life. And it was also his first defiant moment against his family. And as you say, is there more something to him? My answer for you, is there something less to him? That is the only Weird. clue I give you. Look at Emma smiling. She knows. There's there there though. There's a lot. I know to all the secrets. I just don't so, know about the personality. It's not as big as you would hope to be. It's not as big as I whoa, would hope whoa, to whoa. be. Wait, it's not as. All right, that's. Oh my suck. god, David! <laughs> I, I as soon as the like the whole episode of Elon going to take off his makeup is over, I messaged Emma and I was like, "How much you want to bet everyone thinks I'm a girl now? That Elon's a girl." I'll be, I'll, okay, actually, Nathan will be disappointed if Phelan was a girl. <laughs> He's not a girl. I will correct oh, that. Yeah. But I, like the, the okay. thing that makes him, I guess, secretive and stuff is not... like All of you are going to be like, what the fuck? Mm. To him, it's a very big thing. Sorry, Andrew, go ahead. No, I was going to say I had a theory, but now, I, now I'm less certain of it. And I don't want to say it if it, it does come up true. But I just want to know that I, I have a specific thought. You can message me in uh, yeah, yeah. Discord, yeah. <laughs> I have my own specific theory, but I'm just going to sit and wait and see if I'm right. How about this? I will turn off my camera so you can't see my face. Y'all can y'all can say it. Go ahead. Nah, just I I want to see I want to see I want to see this play out. See how close I am. Nathan has decided not to read into it because Rubo would would not know. I just feel like it's not on Rubro's level to like figure things out. So I've decided Nathan's not going to read into it and try to come up with theories because it makes me more true to my character. Damien's not going to look into it much either. Elon is Elon. But I, but I am stoked that, that Elon is not act because I did. I think I did have that thought for a second of like, what if Elon was that? Like, I don't know. I, I guess I don't know if that's like a trope, but the kind of like, I don't know, like Mulan esque thing, right? Of like, uh, wants to be in the guard but it's a very manly thing so like the girl serves as like a guy kind of thing and i was like eh, i don't like this because i was like i i personally think it's cool for rubo's story that he's crushing on alan and alan's dude i like i like the guest andrew no alan is not a changeling dang i that's a I, really good guest i say as yeah. someone who played a changeling for a long-term campaign and would in theory, act a similar way in terms of ensuring that 
the true face was never revealed and almost as if taking off makeup would be reverting to the normal form for him. I mean, if if Rubo and Elon do end up becoming a thing, I I like the whole pride thing. So, like, it really, you know. So don't worry, he's he's you, not a girl. You you, I, you told me at one point that there's a lot Rubo has to break through. Uh, I guess what everyone else doesn't know is that uh, I think there's a lot Elon needs to break through too. Word. On the reverse, there's there's a lot there's a lot to work through on both sides before I think a Rubo before Rulon becomes a thing. Rulon, yeah. God fucking damn it! I forgot about that. Yes, this- we. We named the ship, guys. Yeah, it's, it, it is, is Rulon. Nathan did a graphic of like a little <laughs> rainbow and heart. It said Rulon forever. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, whether or not that does become a thing, I like the like contrast between what it would be towards like end of campaign and what it is now. Because what it is now is just Rubo being like, a little fucking creep. <laughs> yeah, just being like much. a schoolboy, like, oh, I'm, I'm. Do you know what love is? Like being so <laughs> like infatuated, like just like this young kid, first time, like totally, definitely not in love with this guy, but it's just like, oh, this is what love must feel like. Like I love that comparing to what if it does, if that relationship does progress, what it would actually be like, like gaining that mutual respect for one another and breaking down um opposing walls and stuff hey can we just can we just acknowledge that R- rubo and elon would be such a hot couple <laughs> I- <laughs> oh absolutely I, a hot ass couple i also want to clarify one thing this was not planned nathan made a like a little joke of Y'all don't yeah. know that Rubo's straight. Yeah. And I jumped into that. Which and I, I never blushed so high. <laughs> I've never blushed that much. I was like, oh, Lord. I flirted with Emma's character, like, in a game. See, because I, I knew I knew that Rubo mm-hmm. was going to be a flirt right from the start. But it just happened that it was, like, a female NPCs thrown in front of Rubo to start. But I had every intention that Rubo would flirt with like whatever gender, like species, like Rubo doesn't care. Rubo's like, open. Ru- that's what Rubo does. I love it. I love Rubo. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to explore his heritage. I've said that before. I'll say it again. Yes. There, there will be plenty for us to explore later on. But I do want to get into... We did have a couple of our friends who are listeners and fans um, give us some very specific questions from the audience. So um, as this becomes a regular thing, we will give you guys a chance to um, submit more questions. But um, I will give a shout out to the two who did give us questions for this that I will um, have us go around and answer. So thank you to TJ and Auden um for submitting some questions for us we really appreciate it and for those of you who want to get involved uh next time we will uh come up with a way as we get towards the end of arc two for you guys to submit questions for us and as we get towards the end of recording that we'll uh, we'll talk about as an announcement post session how to get involved with that but anyway uh 
it wouldn't be a Chronicles of Kriath episode without some dice rolls. So I'm going to have everyone roll a d20 for our question order. Who gets asked their questions first? Ready? Going highest number? Yeah. Who gets asked first? Natural 20. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Yeah. So uh, before we go into order, which I will write down, uh, I'm going to roll a d4 for who goes first. Uh, evens highest goes first. Odds lowest goes first. That is a one on the d4. So lowest goes first. Sorry, what everybody Nathan. roll? I'm going last. Uh, I rolled a nine. I've got a natural 20. What? What the Two. fuck? Two? On Friday the 13th? Roll again. Roll again. Both oh of you. Gosh. Roll off. Roll off. Roll off. Mm-hmm. Should I change? No, I'm not changing die. That would be a 10. That's a 17 for me. Ah, I rolled a seventeen, Nathan. <laughs> no, I think I think well, we it's... still get to go last. We just he gets to go second to last now. Yeah, yeah. We no, still I'm using I, I'm using roll twenty to roll. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Did anyone get lower than a nine? I got a nine. Um, Rosie, you and I will have to do a roll off because I also rolled a nine. Uh, oh, fuck yes, off. the DM has questions. So nice. all right, well, here. In this. I got a twelve. 11. So I guess I go first. Woo-hoo. So our order is uh, Emma, Rosie, Andrew, Gia, uh, Nathan, yeah. Jeremy. I think. Because I got a 13. Nathan no, Jeremy. I'm going last. What did you get, Gia? I got a 17. Okay. For full order, it is myself, then Rosie, Andrew, Gia, Jeremy, and Nathan. Is our order of questions. Hell yeah, I got that last place. So we get to jump into the uh, some interesting questions first. So my first question is, how rare are lizard folk on the continent slash country? It doesn't seem like anyone has heard of them, or is that because they tend to keep to themselves like the fae? Which is a really interesting question. Uh, lizard folk actually aren't that rare. It's more um, the way I designed the world, which fun fact, the way the reason I keep referring to it as the world and I don't give it a name is because it has no name. Uh, the gods were so busy planning everything, they didn't give it a name. So my hope is that at some point during the campaign. Poor planned. <laughs> uh my hope is that sometime during the campaign itself, um, it inherits a name. But can we call it fart? Oh my god! Nathan, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Do we get to name it? Is that part of our campaign? We get to it, name oh the god. world. It, ignore the child. He doesn't know what he's talking about. So it's called fart. <laughs> no, fart was a great oh my name. God. No. The the hope was that you guys would name it, yes, but... Uh, first vote for fart. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> God damn. Can I, can I'm I not saying I'm going to win, but I'm going to cast my vote. <laughs> can I also clarify on your question that just Elon doesn't know racist? And that was what I was going to 
get into is that it really depends on where all the characters are from. Because lizard folk in general, like, they can show up other places. They definitely do live other places. But the main places in the world they reside are what's called the Howling Dunes, which is a desert, sort of a desert climate uh, region of the continent. That's where Rubo's from. That is where Rubo's from. And uh, that is also where Chatwin is from. (laughs) Fucking Chatwin. Oh, shit, you're right. Copying me at every turn. Yes. (laughs) I totally didn't connect it. Um, so they have, uh, areas where they live in the Howling Dunes and they live in what's called the snakeskin fields, which is where a lot of the animalistic races like, um, Aarakocra, centaurs, um, basically any races with animalistic features are the ones that are, um, sort of originate from there very heavily. So that is also a place where they've, um, originated from. But they can be seen other places. The reason that they're not super familiar to a lot of the characters is based on where they're from. Like Damien, for example, I'll I'll use the two characters that we're asking the most questions about Thelthu. Uh, Damien is from a tiny mountain village that most people who reside there have never left there. So most of them... Like, they're all basically human, so they're not going to know anything about the strange people. Like, it's a little easier for them to be like, oh, that person has pointed ears. That's cool. Whereas seeing an entire lizard person is going to be a little jarring. Same thing with Elon. He lives in a city that is very, like, there are a few select races in that city. We are racist. We are racist in Kriath. Kriath is, uh, yes, Kriath, as it's built, it is inherently racist, but oh. um, but the rest of the world isn't. It's kind of one of those walled off like sections that segregation. I guess the best way to put it is that it sort of sealed itself off from the world and did not progress in the way that the rest of the world did in not caring what other people look like. So, um, that is a system for our players to topple another day. It's the, it's the <laughs> um, gated community of God. I can't wait to world. topple that system. God, I cannot wait to just <laughs> fucking destroy Kriath. When y'all toppled the mayor, I just looked at him and I was like, Emma, Kriath is in so much danger. I'm sorry, but Chatwin Anarchist Darcy is going to fucking eat Kriath for breakfast. Us destroying that little small town mayor for just being kind of like a dick is like Kriath like shaking in their boots watching. Oh yeah. Oh, I cannot fucking wait. But second question and my last question uh, we've met the youngest of the goddesses of fate. What are the other gods in the pantheon besides the sisters? So that's fun because the players have gotten all this backstory, but I have not had a chance to give it to all of you yet. So uh, I will give very quick uh, descriptions because there are the three goddesses of fate, which are uh, Faithrin, Destinan, and Carmarin. They resemble past, present, and future in that order. 
we also, for the rest of the gods and goddesses, we have um, Angunda, who is the goddess of peace and war. Kanmot, who is the god of life and death. Um, Horakosh, which is the god that Thelthu worships, who is the god of time and space. Chilling god who loves stars. Mm-hmm. There is... As has been mentioned, we have the god Morikyo, who is the god of wilderness and civilization. Uh, we have Tynera, who is the goddess of the arcane and the divine magics. And then on top of that, we also have four angels and four demons, who, unlike the gods who have sort of two opposing ideas that they worship uh, or focus on, they focus on... There's a duality between angel and demon. So an angel carries uh, one side of the duality where, and a demon carries that other opposing duality. So for our angels, we have Amoros, who is the angelic deity of love and affection. Uh, we have Adoros, who is the angelic goddess of joy and pleasure. Raphaeros, the angelic god of healing and medicine, and Thamoros, the angelic goddess of law and justice. And opposing them, we have Akron, who is the demon god of pain and torture, Malion, the demon god of plague and disease, Merinian, the demon goddess of anarchy and rebellion, and Odirian, the demon god of anger and hatred. So, Elon. Uh, I didn't necessarily get any fan questions for you since you're a little newer to the party. Yeah, fuck all you fans. It's fine. Oh my god. <laughs> let's let's not say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm on board. Fuck them. I hate them all. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. But since we've been talking about um Elon and Rubo's relationship a bit tonight, um. How is Elon feeling about all the flirting and attention he's getting Ooh, from Rubo? I like has he has he noticed or not? <laughs> of course, that's the question. Oh, things um, get spicy right off the bat. Every now and then, I do roll if Rubo does anything. So far, the only thing that's really come to fruition is when Rubo basically capadoned Elon onto the ground, but. I'm trying to, maybe I'm doing it a little too fast, but uh, if you notice, Elon's been asking questions, like, namely, Damien, like, you know, is that normal for two girls to be together? Um, Elon's got to get past the whole, because in his family, he's he's hasn't been told this, but he has understood it as you will not marry and have children unless it benefits us so that's the whole issue with that i it, it's so hard to say at this point he's noticed once other than that like every time i i hope i haven't cut it. i know i haven't cut it i don't know about other editors but mostly it's alan going what okay like, because, like, there's comments and Elon's just like, what? I, I would say that, like, probably among other guards, they've kind of, like, you know, flirted and made fun and stuff like that. You know, like, I guess locker room crap. But so he's probably used to that with other friends. 
So with this group, he's probably, oh, he's going to probably translate this as an, oh, they're just making fun. But I, I don't, it's so hard to say because I don't know. I don't know what's hey, going to happen. Here's my question. And maybe this is for <clears throat> Elon's deep, dark subconscious. Do, does Elon find Rubo attractive? Oof. I don't think Elon finds anybody attractive except for Aliana. Because yeah, Aliana is Aliana. very different and was like the first secretive thing to really introduce him into this new type of world. And it's not that he's attracted to her because she's a girl or a fairy, just because she was something new. Oh, Ruby will show you something new. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> like I'm all about I'm all about the <laughs> Yowie man. The banter never ceases here. <laughs> that that's all I got for you, and that is also all I have for you, unfortunately. But uh, fuckers, hopefully we're sta- uh, we're starting this 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 canon that that Rosie hates the, the listeners. Yeah, it's it, I'm gonna leave it in now. It's fine. Fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. Uh, I mean, I tell my husband I hate him occasionally too, but she's I mean, the bad guy of the podcast. It's a, it's a very sarcastic. I hate you. Hold on, hold on, Emma. What I've told you multiple times. What do I call my friends? Bitch. Yeah, I, I call my friends bitches. If I say you're such a fucking bitch or something, that, that's because I like you. It's very weird. So all of you, all of you get the, the hateful introduction to friendship here. But we will move on to Andrew. Oh boy, it's me. Um, I also didn't get any specific fan questions for you. But uh, this was an interesting one that we didn't really fully discuss, but was a very big moment for Thelthu in our last episode that I think a lot of people are going to want to kind of know about. Um, What was kind of going through both your head as a player and Thelthu's head as um, he attempted to lay Damien's wife to rest. So, okay. Yeah. Um, so, so it, it, I think it, the, the story starts out of character and maybe a little bit in as well, because we fought zombies before and they generally weren't too tough. And maybe it was a slight miscalculation on my part, not realizing how much damage it had taken uh, due to the shielded part of the fireballs meta magic nonsense. And just generally thinking like, well, they're zombies, it's whatever. Um, so I think it stems from part of that meta and then in game thinking, well, it's one zombie. How hard could it be? It'll just, you know, it'll just, it's a spell it's done before. It's, this has happened so many times where things just kind of turn to dust. Uh, and then it, the one spell and it failed. I'm like, okay, you know, sure. One pit of damage, not terrible. I'm like, I did a second one. Uh, and then that wasn't enough. Now, when when two spells from from the from my understanding of cleric, like guiding bolt being radiant and good, which I guess a side note to that is the guiding bolts come from the druid subclass as part of um, whatever the stars it is. Um, the mm-hmm. star map gives you the ability to cast Guiding Bolt uh, uh, X times equal to proficiency a day, as well as the ability to cast a spell at first level. Um, mm-hmm. So 
to me, that also comes from the Druid. So it's it's also slightly different than the cleric spell list, but even though it's on the spell list. Mm-hmm. Um, so the assumption was, okay, that's not working. Why would that not be working? I rolled something. I'm sure that was kept in to be like, okay, no, this is a sign. This means something. What? I don't really know. Um, but, but maybe rating isn't the way to go. Maybe turning it into the positive positive quote-unquote i don't know Delthy probably realizes that as positive i don't really know what exactly is happening to these bodies <laughs> um <laughs> but that you know the stars was telling him no don't do that don't give it back in that way do something else which i was like all right well what else do i got i'm like ah, oh, inflict wounds necrotic the opposite of radiant damage um and then it worked so uh there was that part of it and then just you know, slight panic of, well, in character real, trying to figure out what it meant. And the spell's not working. This is literally terrible for poor Damien, uh, which, which it was probably less. Beldu's upsetness and, and anxiety over that event, as I'm sorry to say, it did not come from seeing Damien in pain, but was the fact that his spells were not working in the way that he thought due to his already not strained, but failing connection to the stars. So to him, it was a bigger moment which I, afterwards he he realized was yeah Damien is is extraordinarily distraught over this, but that that was where my processing was, and I think that answers the question. Absolutely. Was there any particular thought that Felthu had about like did he come to a conclusion about what he thought caused the difficulty? Um, was there anything else besides the? I know you said that you thought it was he th- kind of thought it was his failing connection to the stars but it was the failing connection was he doesn't because he doesn't get clear messages and he can't get clear messages he didn't know what the right answer was so he assumed ah guiding bolt would have been the right answer it wasn't well now what um but i don't think at the moment he realized it any sort of you know idea or something but i so the current running theory when damien later mentioned um, I wrote it down. It was something of, uh, I want to get the words right. Give me one quick second. Something along the lines of, um, she was a stubborn person, which I am translating as, well, it's a stubborn soul. Maybe there was a reason why, I don't know, something else. I, the running, yeah, I didn't really flesh it out. But the idea from what Thelthu knows, and I know in character, about the nature of souls in this land and world, you know, they go up to the stars. And if they're raised as dead, they're in pain. Well, maybe something else happened there. Why would it be stubborn? Maybe it's stubborn as the soul just doesn't want to shift and it was great effort to raise in the first place and now it's resistant to change once more. Um, but uh, no, there is no there is no solid answer he has other than the soul is stubborn, which means something. <laughs> Fair enough. Moving on from that uh, heavier question, we go to Gia yeah. for some... A bit more, we'll start with the, uh, a bit more in-depth question of the two for you, and then we'll move into the fun one. Um, (laughs) One of the questions that we did get from the listeners was, why does Chatwin wear gloves and not like to be touched? That does get into a little bit of spoiler territory, so I won't elaborate fully, but it's clear that Chatwin is a woman who has gone through a lot in her lifetime. And part of it manifested itself in her as 
she has this severe psychological and physical reaction um, because of events in the past that make it, I don't know if I made it clear, but specifically, I don't think she likes being touched at all in general, but specifically it's her hands that are the main focus, which is why she wears the gloves, which is why she washes her hands so much. Um, she has a specific obsession with her hands um, because of certain events that have happened that they're, the best thing I can, the best way I can say it is that they are actually extremely sensitive. Her hands are actually very sensitive. Um, so the gloves are kind of dampeners. Um, like, in a way that, like, oh, my ears are very sensitive to loud sounds. Um, or my eyes are very sensitive to bright lights. Her hands are very sensitive to different sensations and touch. Um, so that is why she wears the gloves, to kind of keep that a bit under control and keep herself a bit more calm and um just kind of gain that bit of um control and peace um a bit um i've never really drawn chatwin without gloves but i have described it on occasion that whenever she takes off her glove in a type of combat or role play scenario um that she her hands appear mutilated and scarred um and since I've already kind of said that in-game, I'm fine with kind of expanding on that a bit. Her hands are, like, bits are missing. Like, pieces are missing from the skin and flesh in her hands. And that's clear to see when I mean massacred and mutilated. That is what I mean by pieces are missing from her hands specifically, which kind of leads to sensitivity um i'm not going to explain any of the why for any of that but i mean i feel like all of that is stuff that i've touched on in game so i'm fine discussing it but um mm -hmm. yeah she's it's a it's a lot of psychological and um physical things going on with uh her hands um and it kind of reflects her mental state i'm sure you may have noticed how she treats her hands and how she behaves with them yeah that's definitely one of the interesting like psychological aspects that i've seen you put into chat when um because there's so much like knowing what i know um mm -hmm. versus what little like bits and pieces the listeners can slowly pick up and we'll get into that more as Chatwin's backstory kind of fully unfolds within the story i'm excited people noticed <laughs> Here, here's another fun one of like little things that the listeners noticed yeah um this is phrased more fun i guess yeah uh, <laughs> when is chatwin gonna stop lying to herself and admit that even she sweats <laughs> that is how the question was phrased to me <laughs> which is funny to me because like we know the reality but explain why she does not actually sweat um <laughs> oh god um chatwin as a reborn i there are some things that are like 
backstory stuff, there's some things I just thought would be fun to add on for a reborn, like, um, and like sort of how a normal body functions is one of them because obviously I'm really into the body horror aspect of it, but also just the realism of someone being brought back from the dead. Um, so for Chatwin as a reborn, I like to imagine realistically, does a dead body bleed? Does a dead body um, like sweat? Can you get a dead body drunk? Like stuff like that. Part of it was just the realism for me because as a reborn, that's kind of how, that's how I built Chatwin as a reborn. She's undead. And I pictured her as a very realistic kind of visceral version of undead. She is a walking corpse. So that's kind of, so some of it was just fun character creation for me and just trying to imagine what would it actually like be like for a walking corpse. And that's just kind of how I imagined just like stiff, unfeeling, nothing going on. The body isn't functioning because there's nothing like what's keeping it going. Not the heartbeat. Uh, <laughs> like mm -hmm. stuff like that is kind of how I've imagined it. Um, so some of it is for the ha-has, but some of it is just because I thought it, I have always thought it would be interesting to build an undead character in that sort of realistic way. Yeah, definitely. And it has come together very interestingly in Chatwin, which is why I'm excited to see where everything goes moving forward. God, especially with last episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now we step on to someone a little less dead, and we speak to Jeremy about Damien. Hello, everyone. I'm Damien. I'm here to answer your questions. Uh, so we'll get to the fun question right off the bat. And sorry, Aden, I did rephrase this a little bit because I know you asked that question when it was a little earlier in the show. And... Damien had not become the entire party dad yet. He was only the dad to like one or two characters. But how does it feel having a new group of adopted kids? Oh, to be honest, it's kind of refreshing um, to some degree. Both of both of Damien's kids have moved out a while ago. So he's kind of been alone. And when his wife passed, he was very, very lonely. Um, it's nice to feel needed by other people sometimes, even if it's just asking for like love advice or, you know, the such. And um, even if Chatwin uh, denies it, uh, Damien still views Chatwin as a sort of daughter and he wants to help her because he knows that something's wrong, but he doesn't know exactly what. Um, and Dale too as well. He seems lost, and Damien would like to help him with that. Still not my dad. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'll accept father-in-law later. Fuck off. Hell yeah. <laughs> no! <laughs> what a perfect opportunity. <laughs> That's beautiful. You and... love to see it. Love to see it. That is funny to kind of speak to, like, obviously Elon hasn't been there longer, but there is kind of that duality of, like, Rubo very heavily sees Damien as, like, his father figure, and Elon is more kind of with Felthu in that he's more independent and, like, doesn't seek out that fatherly role. 
Well, that's fine. They don't need to be like my children. They're they're friends, and I'd like to help them. Fair enough. Well, uh, moving on to an, a more interesting question that'll be more of a Jeremy answer than a Damien answer, I feel. If Damien's artificer magic is more innate than magic-based, um, why did it manifest now and not earlier? So there's a few things that come to that, and that is that Damien has never made armor or weapons before in his entire life. He has made horseshoes or tools, um, and he's never been in a stressful situation where those skills would become useful. I like to picture that his mending skill has always been active. He uses it to repair tools. He uses it to repair things. But the other violent magic, there's never been a need for it. Which is why it's so unhinged now? Yep, and dormant. Mm. And then it is exploding out because now he's finally utilizing it and releasing it. So it's coming out wave after wave after wave. Interesting. And uh, second part to the question, uh, does he know or think his daughter has any of those same magical talents? I would say that he doesn't know, right? Because he's probably never seen her use magic. Um, And if she does, she probably never showed it to him because it's not something inside his wheelhouse that he would understand. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would like to think that she does. And he's probably thinking about that now that it's kind of just like exploding out over and over and over again with his emotions. Um, Mm -hmm. And if he meets his daughter, that's definitely a conversation he'd like to have with her. Awesome. Well, thank you, Damien, for answering those questions for us. Well, that's, that's not a problem at all, Les. And we move on now from father to son. Uh, last you, but not Papa. least, we have Rubo, um, so, or Nathan to answer Rubo's questions. It is Nathan. I can't let I can't let Rubo out of his jail cell when when I'm not actually playing him. It's too chaotic. That's fair. Um. So Nathan, then, um, how does Rubo not know he's an Asimar? Uh, was he an orphan or was this somehow hidden from him? Uh, Ruba doesn't know he's an Asimar because he does not remember his early years of life or know his parents. Um, and he looks like a human. So he just, other than his eyes, he just assumes he's human. He's never met another Asimar, at least that he knew that was an Asimar. Like he's never like, Met somebody who's like, yo, bro, I'm an Asmar and I also have shiny golden eyes. Like, maybe they don't have that. He he just doesn't know. So he just assumes he's a human. Like, there's really nothing else to that because he doesn't know his family, uh, which is why he's kind of seeking his own family. That, that's a pr- pretty easy answer, honestly. Like, he, he just doesn't have a, a family history to, like, he can't call up his papa and ask and... He just assumes he's human because he looks like a human. That is completely fair. He just thinks he has really rad eyes, and it's that's that's about it. Mm-hmm. Those are some pretty cool eyes, though. Not gonna lie. 
But uh, that is all we have for fan questions. So again, thank you to um, Auden and TJ for sending us in those questions uh, and getting the discussion going. We really appreciate it. We we all thank you except for Rosie because again, Rosie hates our fans. <laughs> Fuck you, Auden and TJ. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you in particular. No more questions. Night. No more. Right, I don't even. I don't even know what the word for no she's, is. She's the okay. BBG of our fan base. <laughs> <laughs> hey, negative impact is still good impact, especially in media. DM Emma. Yes. Do we have time to maybe ask each other one or two questions? Yeah. Um. We can go around and have. Um. I can allow everyone to ask each other one question. Start with Gia, she asked. What is everyone's, like, genuine thoughts when, like, do when seeing Chatwin do things like the hands yanking her jaw apart, or, like, the embers burning beneath split flesh, like, horrible like disturbing things like that when seeing things like that do you think you're there's a part of your characters that's like actually like terrified or scared of chatwin in any way like because people have been handling handling it pretty well i must say if you saw your friend doing those things actually in real life honestly your guys's reactions are pretty calm and collected <laughs> especially for only knowing each other like a week yeah um so in damien's defense he has never seen a man with wings a lizard person or an elf for that matter <laughs> so a lot of things going on he has no idea about, and having no idea means that he doesn't know if what you're doing is normal or not. <laughs> he just thinks half elves are like that. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. In Elon's case, honestly, I think um, I'm not going to carry you on my back anymore. But I was more worried at the boat incident than the magic part of it. Mm. Like, because the boat incident was like, nah, nah, fam, we're we're good. You know what's fun? You expect that the body horror magic comes from um, my better half. Um, The way I imagine it, the body horror aspect does not um, at all. It comes complete. That's completely Chatwin's side. That's how I I how I've always pictured it. Right, I can I can answer for for Dale too. I think. It, it is off-putting, right? Like, the first one was, like, the glass, like, just oh, yeah. going in the skin. Like, that. I feel like it was, like, a corner of the his eye type of thing. But he's not one to judge as he can, like, you know, constellation magic and kind of conjure up things, which, sure, isn't as creepy, but, like, mm. it's magic, right? It has to be magic. It's not yeah. It's not normal. It's magic. So, it's magic. Uh, I mean, it's, it is off-putting, but it's not, he's not in a position to say anything with his, his you know starry limbs and all that <laughs> i'm not one to judge so what if hands come out of her throat <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's some sort of magic it's it's whatever it's, it may not be wholesome magic but you know just reborn things okay who else has the next who has the next question oh i i, I have a question for you miss dm lady Uh oh okay my question for you is very simple okay would you say that what you did to damien in the last few sessions, is the worst thing you've, you're going to do to Damien, or just the tip of the iceberg? 
Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't answer that, Emma. Okay. Jeremy. I'm worried of what happens if your daughter dies. Listen here, lady. I have I already cried the the session that Damien's wife died. Like Jeremy cried, and I don't cry very often. <laughs> And Emma felt uh, guilty that, for that. Cause... That shook me because I was so in character that I was like in my mind visually playing Sarah as a zombie and having to watch somebody kill her, and I just like lost it. That's so fucking cute. I hate it. Who else needs to ask their question? I I got one. <laughs> if you want some time oh, to think, hell yeah. it, mine is mine is short. I guess it's uh, sorry, Emma. You you may not be able to answer it, but for at least everyone else as a character. I, I've kind of as I did this recently, so I'm curious if anyone else does. Do you have one word or one like short idea to describe what either inspired you to make your character or your character is based on? Because for Thaeltu, it's clearly it's faith in something. Um, I have another character who is fear of being forgotten. So something like that that describes your character or their creation process or something. I have two words for Damien, and mine would be protective and dad. Um, uh, Rubos is just wants love. Bring the mood down, sorry. <laughs> no, no. I, Looking for love, um, no. <laughs> it is, it's not, and not just romantic love. He's not just horny all the time. <laughs> I would have said horny if that was his thing. Yeah, yeah. That's not. Alfie. He's not Alfie. Um, I think Chatwin would be um, not quite single word, but phrase. Um, kind of related to what she was saying to the Fae. Um, just going through the grief process. Like, we'll see more of it, but Chatwin's going through five stages of grief in-game. It's a little harder for me, because character creation for Elon was a long time ago. And I really just wanted to be like, nobody chose to be from Kriath, and I'm like, I want to be from Kriath. And I was so... It, it was kind of like NPC to start maybe now it literally seems like legend of zelda link <laughs> the drawing i did didn't help <laughs> your drawing was like i just looked at it and i said oh fuck i've made a link character like the, the <laughs> hair and in the front and stuff i'm like yep i've done it i like all those character descriptions though they're so fitting emma 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 give a a one sentence slash word like description of the world. Mm, yeah, that's good. That's good. What's your what's your or like the campaign? What's your like? What's the vibe? What's the tagline? The tagline for the campaign. Um, the whole idea behind this campaign in general was kind of the best way I can describe it being. Here's a brand new world. Let's see what these players can do to it. <laughs> Um, but I did have some more, um, there is a bit more going on there under the surface. Um, I think the way, um, Faithrin kind of described it to Elon in his prequel, uh, is very fitting. There are many paths being made. They just haven't been connected yet. It feels very much like the world itself is, um in a cycle of reincarnation and this is just its newest phase like it is at the very beginning of its like newest reincarnated like life it feels like so ancient like there's so much history with like 
gods and stuff, but at the same time, like, just totally brand new. Which mm-hmm. feels very cool. I'd like to piggyback on Chatwin's on the question, or Chatwin's answer to that last question, by the way. Okay. And kick her in the teeth of her soul. <laughs> so you said Chatwin is explained by being the five stages of grief? Yeah. Which stage would you consider Santhavec? <laughs> it's easy to say anger, but that doesn't feel right to me. I think they're nope. going through it together, to be honest. I'd say Santhavec was probably created through denial. I think they're going through it. I think they're going through it together, or Santhavec is already on acceptance. All or nothing. Yeah. yeah. The way I saw it is I was like, Santhavec was created through the denial of what happened. Mm. But I like that. That makes sense. I would say which stage Chatwin's in, but she's in. All of them at once. And... All of them at once. <laughs> she's gonna speed run the five stages of grief. <laughs> I'd say I'd say she's pretty getting pretty damn close to bargaining at this point because she's starting to try and bargain with Santhavec. <laughs> I wrote notes. Mm. Uh... <laughs> Nathan, did you come up with a question? Right. Uh, I do have. I, I might have just a quick question because I feel like it's gonna get shut down. Uh... <laughs> okay, here we go. Elon, who's James? <laughs> <laughs> So to explain that, while no, um, no, 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 don't tell him. Well, James I wasn't going I wasn't gonna say who it is. I was gonna explain why the question was asked, and then you oh, can yes. decide whether or not you want to answer it. Because um, we did bring up that uh, Rubo saw the letter that Elon wrote, and I sent oh. through private message the actual text of <gasps> the letter because it was sent to me. In part, because he only saw part of the letter. Yeah. And James was a name that was used in that letter. Mm. I'll like, I'll, I don't know if I could, I guess I could share the like last line where I cut off and what I get to know is just if James. Yep. And that's all I got to know. <laughs> yeah. So I okay. say, who the fuck is James? Okay. So it, it's funny because I just picked a name for another guard. And of all the names I had to pick, James, no offense, almost every James I've met has been pretty much an asswipe including my, my middle name <laughs> all right all right so be, so because of that because of that i'm gonna i'm gonna root for team a lames damn no, or j or or jamon jamlon but james jamlon jamlon <laughs> i'm gonna vote for team jaylon sorry rubo james is Rulon a fair. human that is a part of the guards that is basically Elon's like best friend. If he could, Elon won't say best friend, but probably best friend and also superior. But I would like to say that uh, Elon also has a tattoo on his neck, and it's not that he's necessarily trying to hide it. It's just when we get a downtime, I will probably mention it, oh. and I would. <laughs> What if happened? It's a, if it says something about James on there, no, <laughs> it's James's name. <laughs> but Elon got James drunk. Elon got drunk James and decided to go get a tattoo, which is a big no-no. And uh, I want to say that James was definitely a part of that. J plus A. Oh yeah. In a heart. He, he definitely pushed Elon. Like, yeah, J do it. A. I'm, I'm so sad. <laughs> Rubo doesn't need his heart broken again. Team Jalen for the win. <laughs> 
Oh, it's all right, Ruba. You'll, it'll happen a lot, trust me. It happens to everybody. As bad as it sounds, I think Elon would go for James. I don't want to think about that, though. Oh, Dang. <laughs> Ruba's sad. And then James breaks Elon's heart, and Ruba's the, the you know, For all back. I know, James is a co-conspirator in something bigger, so that would probably never happen. Mm. Good, 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 good. Is that all the questions everyone had? So you're saying there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. And now we've created a ship war in the span of um, a singular. Jalon or Rulon? <laughs> Rulon forever, baby. Rulon forever. You, you guys know why it's Jalon and Rulon and not A-Lames and uh, Ale-Bow? Because ale bow? <laughs> No, because Alon's the bottom. God fucking ah! <laughs> end with that. On that note, is that all the questions? What a great we way to end. I believe so. <laughs> Thank so, you, Andrew. He's a soldier. He likes taking orders. Oh, I think Lord. we're gonna go ahead and uh, leave off our little Q and A there for this evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, if you liked listening to our kooky conversations and want some more of us and our characters, please go follow us on social media. We are Chronicles of Kriath Pod, all lowercase, all one word, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And we also have a YouTube channel called Chronicles of Kriath Podcast, where you can listen to the all of our episodes in full. Uh, if you would rather not go to your favorite podcast app, um, thank you all so much for listening, uh, and we will see you next time for the start of our second arc. Yeah, y'all. Bye. Y'all better fucking listen. Bye. 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 Ah! Rulon forever. <laughs>